Welcome back to Sunday Golds, a Florida State baseball podcast. Um, it's just going to be me. This is Brett Nevitt. Uh, it's just going to be me for this episode. Um, Aria is currently in Baton Rouge calling the women's basketball game. Um, hopefully, hope Lady Knowles can pull on a March Madness victory and um, you know get through that first four game and get to the first round to play Ohio State. Um, we'll see how that turns out, but um, FSU is going to be back at home this weekend for their first uh, home ACC series of the 2022 season against a- NC State Wolfpack. Uh, I'm going to preview that. First, we're going to go over the Wake Forest series. Um, really good series win for the Seminoles. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit, just a little bit about the midweek game and, and take a look around the national scene and the ACC scene from the fourth weekend of, of the year and um, just see where teams are at and how the uh, top 25 is starting to shake out and how the ACC is starting to look compared to the rest of the national scene. Um, talking, uh, Speaking of the rankings, FSU is you know, still number eight in D1 baseball, um, now number eight in Baseball America as well, and I believe number 13 in Perfect Game. Um, FSU is number 10 in the RPI. I believe that's third for the ACC. I believe Notre Dame and Georgia Tech are both ahead of them. I actually believe Georgia Tech is number one in the RPI right now um, after they swept Virginia Tech this past weekend. Um, but, yeah, let's just get right into the Wake Forest talk. Um, really good series win for the Seminoles. Uh, I thought that was something they really needed, and I think it's something that could set the identity of this team and, and kind of be a good starting point for ACC play. Uh, that was Florida State's first series victory at Wake Forest since 2014. And, um, you know, if we're going to talk Wake Forest series, I think first thing we got to talk about is the starting pitching. Uh, you know, Parker Messick got his first loss of the season on Friday, but, you know, through four innings, I thought Parker was as good as it gets. And, you know, he just had one inning get away from him. Uh, a couple nice swings by Wake, a couple balls don't go his way, a couple calls don't go his way. Um, and, you know, that game ends up getting away from you. But, um, you know, Bryce Hubbard and, and, and Ross Dunn set the tone on Sunday for a doubleheader after Saturday was, you know, postponed to Sunday. Uh, I believe there was snow in the area in Winston-Salem and, you know, 20-some degrees. So glad they didn't play a game in that. I want to only know what that would have looked like. Um, a couple of the, a lot of teams this weekend in the southeast were, you know, had to play doubleheaders on Sundays or Friday because of all the weather in the southeast. And um, hopefully we have a better weekend of weather upcoming in Tallahassee. Um, you know, there is some rain in the forecast, but hoping to get all three of these games in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bryce Hubbard was really good um, on game two and the game one of that doubleheader on Sunday. Um, was the most shaky his command's been so far this year. Just didn't have a great feel for the fastball. Seemed like he was pulling off it a couple times. And, you know, some big misses. And then there were other times where he had it wherever he wanted. Uh, just kind of a weird up and down outing for him, but he battled. And I think he showed his competitiveness. And that was really good to see. Ends up going 5.2 innings. One hit, um, nine Ks. You know, he did walk five guys, though, but only gives up one hit in the 5.2 against the lineup. That came into the weekend with the most hits in the, in the country. Um, and then Ross Dunn stepped it up from there uh, in game two. Um, he was just, it was dominant. It was as good as it gets. I think we said on here a couple times that Ross can be the best arm in this staff. Um, you know, we know what Bryce and Parker have, and you know they're the guys that are refined and really good. But when Ross is on, um, he, he has the best stuff on in, in the entire staff, most likely, and um, you know, he's a first-rounder as well. Bryce and Parker could be first-rounders as well. Um, it's the best we can staff in the country. We've said that a lot, but uh, I think people are really starting to, to, to hop on that train with us as well. And, um, you know, it's good to see it starting to come together for Ross. I mean, that was 
I thought Sunday was special for him, and I thought Meat showed a lot of trust in him, and that was something that he did in the weekend prior, and I think it, it led to what Ross's performance on this past Sunday. Um, you know, when you show trust in your players, you, you I think they they have they have more confidence, and they and they they pitch with trust in their coaches and the players around them, um, and I think that's what we're starting to see from Ross. Seven innings, four hits, three walks, fourteen Ks. Um, I mean. The sixth inning, I think he struck out three hitters on ten pitches. Was the most dominant pitching of uh, p- most dominant inning of pitching I think I've seen in college baseball since I've been here for four years. Um, it was, I mean, the last hitter swung at a fastball about three seconds late. It was just, I mean, he had everything going. I think fastball was up to ninety six. Aaron Fitz said he was there, D one baseball's guy um, in the North Carolina area. He was there covering the game, and I think he clocked him in at 96 miles per hour, and that's nothing nothing new for Ross, um, but just good to see him throwing that hard deep into an out. I think Fitz said he threw that hard on his 92nd pitch. Uh, Meat sends him back out for, this, for the eighth, seventh inning with 102 pitches, and he just battles through it. He, you know, they bloop in a couple hits, and he still strands two guys on bases, um, I mean, you saw it in the sixth inning after he came off the mound. How much that, how, how much his team likes him, and how much his team wants to compete with him. Um, that was just, it was such a competitive outing. It was really good to see. And Colton Vincent was really good behind the plate for him. I thought he did a really good job um, blocking balls. Uh, you know, I think there were three or four times where Colton blocked a two strike curveball in in the dirt or the turf there, and you know, threw first for the for the out, the, the you know, drop third strike. Um, you know, just I just it's really good to see Ross starting to click. Um, you know, I think this is going to be something he does all year. Um, starting pitching combined, those three pitchers have a one point eight eight four ERA, one forty three batting average against, and a sixteen point one two K per nine and sixty eight point two innings pitched. You're not going to find anything. I don't even think close to that in the nation. Um, Ross is a Friday starter at most other schools. All three of these guys are Friday starters at pretty much any other school in the country. Um, that's just how special Florida State's got it right now, and, and they've got to take advantage of it, and they did that on Sunday. They got timely hits. Um, didn't score a ton of runs, but scored enough runs. Um, you know, game two, that first game of the doubleheader was was Jaime, the Jaime Ferrer show. Uh, Career-high four hits, career-high three doubles. I think it gave him the team lead in doubles. I believe he has seven so far this year. Um, you know, he drove in a run as well. Um, Jackson Green, uh, he's really hitting to start this year so far. He goes two for three, um, had a really big home run for them in, in that game. Um, and, I mean, that ball was crushed. You knew it was gone off the bat. Uh, you know, Green showed his power on the road a few times now. I believe Georgia Tech, NC State, both on the road last year, both pretty much no doubt home runs. I mean, he doesn't hit a ton, but when he gets them, they're, they're definitely not cheapies. Um, you know, it's, it's just good to see. I think Jackson just – has kind of a new mentality this year and is just approaching it, just knowing every day that, you know, he's going to get his at-bats and just do what he does and keep a simple approach. And, you know, good things will happen for him when he puts the ball in play. I mean, he's only struck out four times this year in 26 at-bats, sitting 423 in nine starts. Um, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> if you're getting that from Jackson Green at the bottom of the order, um, this lineup's going to be completely fine. Brock Mathis and Brett Roberts also had a couple hits as well. Um, and... Uh, Jonah Scalaro came in and shaped, closed the door for FSU. Um, really good to see Jonah look sharp on this game. You know, he comes in the sixth inning, I believe it is, after, you know, a walk loads the bases with two outs, and 
he comes in at a 2-0 count, gets in a 3-1 count, and bounces back, and huge slider um, for a strikeout to, to you know strand all three runners on base. And I thought that was huge for Jonah, and especially the bullpen and the whole team. Um, you know, that could have swung momentum straight back in Wake's favor, and you're looking at maybe a sweep or something. I, who knows what ends up happening, but, you know, it's probably not the same outcome for FSU. If they get a hit or a walk there, something happens. Um, so that was a huge pitch by Jonah, and then he gives you three full innings after that uh, to save your bullpen. Uh, you know, gave up a couple, gave up some hits and, you know, hit a couple batters, but he made the pitches when it mattered. Um, that's what Jonah does, you know, most of the time, and, you know, when he's healthy and when he's when he's sharp. Um, just too many pitches for for hitters to to know what's coming. You guessing at all times, and um, you know when Jonah's right, I think this bullpen will be will be right. I think it will be fine, um, especially when they get healthier. Um, you know, Joe Charles is out for the year with Tommy John surgery that was announced yesterday, um, but they are starting to get some pieces back. Um, you know, Joe is is someone who I thought of as a potential back end arm, but um, you know, hopefully you can get him back next year and. Maybe the year after that, he's still got a ton of arm talent, and um, you know, just hope for Joe that he uh, is able to come back better and stronger, and hope for a speedy recovery for him. I know he's he's one of the, he's a good kid, and he's worked hard, and he worked really hard with Jimmy Bellinger to you know get his command back this year, and um, he's really dealt with injuries so far as a college um, athlete. So, you know, hoping for some more health for him moving forward. Um, but yeah, moving to game three. Um, you know, not a ton of runs, but like I mentioned earlier, you know, it was enough for Ross Dunn. Um, FSU scores three all in the second inning. Um, Terrell let off the second with a with an opposite field homer. Um, Wake's ballpark is is not the biggest ballpark, especially down the lines. And when's bl- when the wind is blowing out, um, some ball par- some balls are going to leave the yard. And um, yeah, I think Alex. I don't even know if Alex thought that ball was going out when it left his bat, but. Um, it did, and I mean that's a huge run for FSU. Um, you know, Carryon and Mathis, I think, also followed it up with back-to-back hits, um, and then you know they come in on a greeny sack fly, and then um, you know big two-out hit from Ferrer, another big hit from the freshman. He brings in Carryon, then ends up being the winning run only in the second inning. Um, probably a lot of people who that even forgot that that's how that third run scored, but um, that's a huge hit there. Two on RBI, you know, two on RBIs wins championships. It's, they stress it a lot. It's a huge hit right there, especially for him in that moment. Um, and then Davis came in in the eighth after, you know, Ross's, I think Ross ended up with 118 pitches. Um, I don't mind that. I know there's some people that will mind that, but Ross just kept getting better and better as, as he went along. And um, yeah, he was just too good at the end of his outing to take him out. So I got no issues with that. Um, but Davis comes in in the eighth. And this is probably maybe the best Davis has looked at FSU, I thought. Um, it was the first real outing for him this year to throw a full inning and get some extra work in. Um, throws two innings, only gives up one hit, strikes out four batters. Um, looks shaky to start, you know, gives it the leadoff hit in the eighth and then a wild pitch. But then he just bared down after that and, and got the job done. And that's what you get from your veterans. I mean, you get 5.1 innings, 5.1 scoreless innings from Scolaro and Hare to combined. Um, really, really good to see. Um, you're going to need that from those two. Uh, I think Davis, you know, Davis will be your closer as of right now when, when you got that matchup. And Jonah, I think, will also be a closer as well when you have a matchup for him. And, you know, you could do what some of these teams do in the ACC and, you know, just have these guys go multiple innings to close out games behind your really good starters. And 
if you win games that way, um, you win games that way. But I also think this bullpen will end up being deeper um, as the season go on. There's just too many good young arms that have too much stuff to not be good. Um, I mean, Wyatt Crowell really struggled on Friday, um, but he was able to bounce back against Bethune-Cookman on Wednesday, uh, you know, got himself into trouble again. But, you know, bases loaded one out, strikes out two straight hitters with his nasty stuff, and I think that may be a reset for Wyatt. Um, I think he needs it. He just needs to see it happen once, see him, you know, get some runners out, uh, get some batters out, and, and, and he'll be good, I think. Um, he needs to be good for FSU because they're going to use him. They have to use him because he's got the stuff. Um, and he's just he's he's unhittable when he's in the zone for the most part. I mean, when he's got the slider going and the fastball is spotting, especially under the hands of right-handed hitters, um, he's really hard to hit. So they just got to find a way to get Wyatt right. I think mentally, and I think uh, you know he'll be a good arm for them when when he gets on on track. Uh, but overall, just a really good weekend series win. Um, you know, I I didn't know exactly what was going to happen going into that Sunday doubleheader, but. I thought the team showed a lot of toughness, a lot of resiliency. Uh, I mean, you get down 2 nothing in that last game, and you, you come back right, right after that and score three runs, and then you hold a, a one-run lead for, for seven innings. Um, I mean, that's how it's done. I mean, that, that you don't, after this team really struggled with close games early in this year, to see them hold a one-run lead for, for seven innings, um, one, it was you know, a bit nerve-wracking for about two straight hours, but at the same time, it was really good to see them get the job done in that situation. Um, you know, it was really cold there. I think it was about 40 degrees on, on Sunday when they were playing um, on that turf. And I'm sure that turf didn't feel great when it's that cold. Um, and I thought that was the first time this year I felt like FSU was taking the fight to another team where it kind of felt like they were pissed off from Friday's performance, had a day Saturday to sit back and, and realize that they needed to play better. Um, and they did. And I thought they played really good on Sunday. No errors all day in 18 innings. Uh, that's winning baseball, and that's why you come out of the series with with a uh, with a series W. And you know, four series so far, only one sweep, but you got four series wins, and series wins the name of the game, like we've talked about on here before. Um, yeah. So, moving ahead to this week, uh, week five of the year, um, Tuesday's game at Florida was canceled due to weather um, in the area. I was glad they canceled that pretty early, so people didn't have to make trips there, including myself. Um, that game is rescheduled for May 17th. Florida State did not have a midweek game scheduled that week. That is the last week of the regular season. Um, FSU has a weekend series at North Carolina that begins Thursday. Um, so, you know, that midweek game was open for them to use in case they needed it. Um, and, you know, they'll probably drive up to Chapel Hill right after that Florida game. But uh, first Florida game will now be in Jacksonville. Second one will be in, at Florida State, and that last one will be at Gainesville. Um, then Florida State had a game Wednesday, um, really long, really sloppy game against Bethune-Cookman. Ends in a 17-9 win for the Seminoles. Um, don't want to talk too much about that game because I don't even want to have to rethink about that game, watching it, and it was just, it was not the most fun game to be at or watch, and um, you know, both sides didn't play great. It felt like FSU was just ready to get to the weekend after not having the Florida game. Um, you know, Montgomery, three innings that were really, really solid, maybe the best he's ever looked. Um, but then two innings that were really up and down, gives up five runs, only two earned runs, really sloppy defense, like I said. But um, it's really not – the defense really is not a worry for me even besides that game. Um, it's just a weird midweek game against a lesser opponent and just felt like focus wasn't there completely. And, 
you know, Meat was pretty upset after the game between the walks and the errors. But, um, you know, I think it's just a game that you kind of got to completely forget about almost and kind of remove it from the mind because not a ton of good came out of it besides 17 runs. But it wasn't, again, great pitching. But um, I thought it was really good to see Alex Terrell, um, five RBIs, um, first real big game since he had that two-run homer against Cal um, on Friday last week. Um, or a couple weeks ago now, actually. Wow, it feels like it was yesterday almost. But, um, you know, Alex, five five RBIs, um, had a three-run homer, his his fourth of the year. Um, excuse me, was that his third? Actually, can't remember exactly. No, that was his fourth, actually. James Tibbs also had his fourth in the game, as did um, Brock Mathis at his third. So three homers in the game for FSU, 17 runs scored was the Second most under Meat uh, as the head coach, and the most since FSU's um, second game of the season in 2020 against Niagara when they scored 24 runs, I believe. Um, you know, I think Brock Mathis is, is, is has showed now that he's going to hit a lot. Um, you know, he's you know struggled through the preseason a lot, but man, he's worked really hard to get his timing back, and it's paid off for him. Um, Three run homer early, I think it was the third inning. Um, you know, just poked one into the bullpen, and uh, I think Brock's showing you every day now that he, he needs to be in the lineup, um, not necessarily behind the plate. You know, he did struggle with Carson a good bit, um, and, you know, Carson throws five pitches all with movement really hard, um, and that's kind of the thing I talked about with Comfort a couple of weeks ago on, or a week ago on, on the last episode with Brock behind the plate, and, you know, he's only been here since January. Um, he, he wasn't catching live pitching in, in the fall, um, my my worries defensively with Brock have just been comfort and, and not having a ton of reps with these guys. Um, you know, I think he, he catches Bryce really well, and he should catch Bryce. Um, but I think Colton's shown you that he's he's a little better with some of these guys um, with movement behind the plate. And obviously Colton's not giving you much behind the plate, uh, I mean, at the box. But you just kind of got to live with it. You got to have good defense behind the plate, and you got to have catchers that are comfortable with your pitchers. Um, I think Brock, with time, will get more and more comfortable with guys and look better and better behind the plate. Um, but as of now, you just got to have his bat in the lineup at the, at the, at the least. Um, he's hitting really well, probably the best he's ever been hitting in, in college, I believe. Um, you know, he did start hot last year at Oklahoma State as well, but I don't think it was as, as, as good as he's been so far at the plate. I mean, he's hitting 450 and five starts, uh, three homers, nine hits, and 20 at-bats. Uh, can't ask for much more than that at the plate from Brock. Um, so yeah, Bethune Cookman was, it was a four hour adventure of not much fun time, but, um, you know, we'll take a W and move on. And, um, you know, especially some of these other teams that are losing in midweeks, you know, so, um, you know, 11 and five through 16 games heading into North Carolina state. Um, take a look at the Wolf Pack Now they've had a bit of a roller coaster year so far, um, you know, Friday's game will be at 7 o'clock, Saturday's at 2 o'clock, Sunday at 1 o'clock. All three games will be on ACC Network Extra. Uh, this is the first series between the two teams in Tallahassee since 2018. Uh, Wolfpack have won three of the last four series between the two teams, but FSU is 75-34 and 34 all-time against NC State. Um, Elliott Avent's squad, they started 8-0 to, um, to begin the year, uh, but they're 2-6 and six since then. They were swept by Northeastern two weekends ago, and they were – they lost both games to Notre Dame this past weekend, with one of those being canceled because of the snow in the area. Um, 
Yeah, it's just been a weird year for the Wolfpack. I mean, they really didn't play anybody in those first eight games and have struggled against some real competition so far. Um, you know, like last year, they're going to hit. And um, they have some arms, but not much depth on the mound. Uh, left-hander David Harrison is going to start on Friday. Right-hander Matt Wildson starts on Saturday. And right-hander Sam Highfill starts on Sunday. I believe Harrison is usually the Sunday guy, but they didn't play Sunday last week. Um, so they're throwing him Friday this week. At, at least that's what he's listed as on the probables. Uh, Harrison, from the left side, throws 87-88 with the fastball, drops into 75-77 slider. Um, he's a former reliever, had 21 appearances in 2019, but only threw nine innings last year. Um, he does have six innings, 6.2 inning pitch versus FSU in his career between 2018 and 2019. He's given up two runs to the Knowles. Um, so far this year, he's a 4-4-1 ERA and 16.1 innings pitch. Willardson is 3.880 ERA through 21.1 innings pitched this year. Last year, he did make a start against FSU. Um, he was one of their starters all year last year at a 4.73 ERA with 83 innings pitched last year. Uh, against the Knowles, he had 3.1 innings pitched, five hits, and three earned runs. Um, I believe that was the Sunday game that Florida State won against NC State last year. Uh, Wolfpack it took two or three last year, won the first two games. Um, FSU won the last game 15-11. That NC State team ended up going to Omaha. Season ended because of COVID and a really, really tough way to end a year. But uh, that team, that lineup was insane. Uh, it was the best lineup, college lineup I've seen uh, in my four years here. Uh, you know, they lost a lot of those guys, though. So. Um, Sunday, Sam Highfield will start. He's really their best weekend arm. He was the USA Collegiate National Team um, guy this past summer. Uh, he also started against Florida State last year and threw six innings, gave up two runs, and struck out six. FSU did produce eight hits off him, though. Um, he's more of a control guy for the most part, but can strike you out. Um, fastball 89-92, can run up to 93. Throws a 77 to 80-mile-per-hour slider and also has a changeup. Um, some relievers for them. Righty Garrett Payne, six foot seven, eighty-seven to ninety with the fastball. Um, believe he has seven appearances so far this year and thirteen point one inning pitch, two point seven ERA, um, twenty-one Ks in those thirteen innings. So doesn't throw very hard, but you know that six foot seven frame um, it, it presents a tough look for hitters. So he's a guy that's probably going to be used, I would think, anytime they have a lead um, early in the series. Chris Villeman, lefty arm. Probably is the best stuff on the entire staff. Another reliever for them. Um, played for the USA Collegiate National Team last summer as well. 91-94 fastball. Um, <coughs> high 70s curveball. And also a quality changeup that might be his best off-speed pitch. Um, last year against FSU in that Sunday game, he threw a 2.1 innings and gave up three runs. Uh, Jackson Green had a three-run homer off him. as one of those homers I was mentioning earlier from last year. Um, FSU also had four hits off him in those 2.1 innings. So far this year, he has a 6.75 ERA in nine innings. Um, another lefty for them out of the pen is Cannon Silver. He's already thrown 13 innings this year, 2.7 ERA. Three pitches for strikes guy and change-ups his best pitch. Um, lineup, like I was talking about, they've lost a lot of guys from last year, but they still have a pretty darn good lineup. Um, only two returning hitters, but they brought in three transfers, and they also have four true freshmen starting in the lineup. Um, you've probably heard of him. Um, Tommy White is the freshman that, that headlines their lineup. Uh, Tommy Tanks, as it's been coined, uh, you know, had nine home runs in their first, I believe, eight games it was. Um, but, you know, since then, he's, he's kind of struggled to get the power back. 
Um, he's currently third in the country with homers, uh, but he doesn't have one since February 26th. Um, you know, he's still hitting a little bit, good bit, hitting 394 in this season. Um, he's an aggressive hitter, only has five walks this year. Um, you know, doesn't strike out much either, though. Um, a couple of those others, freshman starters, catcher, um, Cozart behind the plate, uh, Peyton Green at shortstop, and Will Marcy in right field. Those are three other true freshman starters for them. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they're up for the task against Florida State's pitching and, and, and the, the, you know, the arms that FSU is going to bring at them all weekend. Uh, so I think that would be a key matchup to watch, just how those freshmen handle themselves in Tallahassee. Um, JT Jarrett and Devontae Brown are their two returners. JT Jarrett is Link Jarrett's son, um, just really instinctual ball player, kind of like Tyler Martin. Um, he's in 462 so far this year. I believe he missed some time, though, with injury, but is back. Um, he was 1 for 10 last year versus FSU. Um, he'll play second for them. Uh, White will probably DH. Uh, Devontae Brown last year was 3 of 10 versus FSU. Uh, he's a guy that walks and strikes out a lot. Um, 18 walks so far this year. Um, also has 15 Ks. He's hitting 271. Um, also has three home runs. Has some pop. Has some <coughs> has some speed. Um, I believe he played some really good defense against FSU in right field last year as well. I remember him making one diving catch, I believe, um, over there to rob someone of a hit. Um, some of these transfers for them. Um, Josh Hood is a pen transfer. He's hitting 308 um, with three homers. He'll play third base. Uh, the first baseman will be Lou James Groover is a Charlotte transfer, uh, and he's he's hitting three three fifty seven. Um, look at some of these overall numbers for for the Wolf Pack. They're hitting three sixteen and averaging nine runs a game. Team area of four two two. You know they do not strike out very much at the plate. They only strike out six point eight one times per game. Uh, a lot of contact hitters. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that matchup between FSU, who's number one in the country in strikeouts per nine, and NC State, who's probably the hardest team to strike out. Um, so we'll see how, th- how that turns out. You know, these hitters are definitely going to make these three guys work a lot. Um, and you, they have a good bit of righties in their lineup, too. I believe seven of their nine starters are right-handed hitters. Um, so change-ups are going to have to be working. Off-speed is going to have to be working. And I think the fastballs in, fastball in is going to be key for how those three starters do this weekend. Um, so that wraps up the NC State preview. Um, so Friday o'clock, seven Friday seven o'clock, Saturday two o'clock, and Sunday one o'clock, all on ACC Network Extra. Um, NC State's no longer ranked; they fell into the rankings this week after dropping both games to Notre Dame. Um, so let's take a look around the national scene. Uh, there's no undefeated teams left because I believe Purdue got walked off yesterday. They were the last um, team to be undefeated. Clemson and um, who else? I believe Clemson and Virginia were both undefeated going into the weekend, but both dropped their Sunday games, so neither of them are, are undefeated anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to win games in college baseball. Um, we saw that from number one Texas, lost 2-3 or three to South Carolina. Um, <coughs> number two Ole Miss lost the game to Oral Roberts. Number five Stanf- Stanford lost 2-3 or three to Oregon. Um, Tulane got swept by Evansville um, after they were getting a lot of hype. I believe Tulane ended up dropping out of the rankings after they were number 18. Um, Ole Miss is now number one despite losing one game to Oral Roberts. They jumped over Texas. Texas is still only number only number two, though. Um, Florida lost the game to Seton Hall on Sunday. I believe it was Seton Hall's first win of the season. Um, so you hate to see that. You really do. It's, that's 
brings a tear to my eye. Um, looking at some ACC teams, there are now six ACC teams ranked. Um, Notre Dame's ranked the highest, number six. Georgia Tech's number 10. North Carolina, number 15. Clemson, number 18. And Virginia, number 19. Um, looking at some ACC series from last year, uh, most teams did play AC, like in-conference in, in series. Uh, just a couple outside. Uh, Clemson took two or three from Northeastern. That Northeastern team swept um, North Carolina State the weekend before. Um, so strong showing from the Tigers. Uh, but they were topped in the midweek game this week by Georgia State. Uh, Louisville played Michigan. Um, they won two or three. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw their second game on Friday, but they were basically playing in a blizzard. And that game got out of hand and away from them. But um, there was some crazy weather there. If you want to go find some videos of pitchers having no idea where the baseball is going to go because an outfielder is not even able to see the ball because everything is coated in white snow, um, go check out some videos from that game. Pretty entertaining. Uh, can't really believe they were playing in it. But, um, you know, Cardinals do end up coming out with a series win over a solid Michigan team. Um, like I said, Notre Dame took two games from NC State. Um, only two games they played. Miami won two of three versus BC. They dropped the Friday game to the Eagles, uh, 12-11, despite scoring six runs in the ninth, I believe. <coughs> um, yeah, Boston College's pitching is not great, uh, but they, they do have some hitting. Luke Gold, I believe, had two home runs in that Friday game. Um, he's a Catalier like Brett Roberts and, and myself, so it was good to see that, really fun to see that. Um, but, you know, Miami wins Saturday, Sunday to take that series. Uh, UNC swept Pitt. Uh, Georgia Tech swept Virginia Tech. Uh, the Yellow Jackets had two walk-offs. Um, both come from behind wins, I believe Friday and Sunday. Um, believe they played a doubleheader on Sunday. Not for sure, though. Uh, so they walked off two games to win the series. I believe Virginia Tech was either undefeated or had one loss coming into the weekend. Um, Georgia Tech's a really strong team. They have a lot of hitting, um, just like last year. I think they'll be defined by how far their pitching can take them. Um, but I think it's going to be a really fun series when FSU goes up to Atlanta again this year. Looking forward to that one. Uh, UVA took two or three from Duke and really dominated the first two games. They're in the rankings now. Um, I think people are starting. I think Virginia is starting to get people's attention, but I'm a little intrigued to see how they do when their schedule ramps up a little bit. Uh, Miami did lose to UCF during the midweek, and Virginia Tech lost to James Madison in the midweek. Um, Florida State swept James Madison to begin the year, if anyone doesn't remember. Um, they're playing some pretty strong baseball. They almost took a game from Tennessee last week in the midweek as well, but lost in extra innings. Um, Chase Lauder's the real deal if you want to go check out his numbers since he left Tallahassee. So pretty good weekend overall for the ACC. Um, I think Notre Dame, FSU, and Georgia Tech are a really strong top three. Um, I really think the ACC is a really strong conference this year. Uh, I think it's pretty deep. I think there's a lot of a lot of teams that can win any weekend and a lot of teams that could also lose any weekend. So uh, it's going to be a fun fun year to go through. Um, you know, luckily we don't have to play 12 or 13 weekends, whatever it was last year. Um, you know, Meat's still not too happy about that every time you bring it up with him. But, um, yeah, so NC State this weekend for the Seminoles. Um, Knowles sit at 11-5 and five through 16 games. Number eight in the rankings for the most part. Uh, number 10 in RPI. Um, so, yeah, no, I believe 10 and 6 Wolfpack coming to town. Uh, should be a fun weekend in Tallahassee. Hopefully we get some good weather. Um, hopefully Lady Knowles can pull on a win for Aria. Uh, if not, he'll be back in Tallahassee for 
this weekend's games. So I think it's a win-win for Mr. Masudi. Um, hopefully he'll be back on the podcast next week. Um, this should be just a one-week thing with him doing this, uh, with him being in Baton Rouge currently. Um, so um, looking forward to being back on Sunday Golds next time, hopefully after a series win over the fighting Elliot, Elliot Avens. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to you next week.